All right, you are tuned in to the Moto X Pod show. We are running on a, a limited crew tonight. Mucus Mark and Flaky Phil had not made it out tonight, so we are going to have, of course, the number one super fan, Dark Side, Jamie Guida, in house. What up? And the amateur phenom coming back from a broke collarbone, hopefully this weekend, Doc Smith. What's up, guys? Never heard of him. Yeah, I don't know who this kid is. He's been living here for a few years and just I just can't get rid of him. I don't know what, <laughs> what the deal is. Yeah, I'm just hiding in the background. I mean, man, we are getting a late start tonight, and we've got phone calls to make. We're going to probably break down all of the 250, 450 stuff throughout the night. But right now, I mean, we're going to give a call to uh, a local hero. A guy who's been running the pro class for quite a few years around here. I'm going to have to get his number as, as we're doing all this. Like I said, we are definitely running late. But that's what happens when some people have to work. Some of us work and still come in. I'm throwing a little pock shot to Muscle Mark not showing up because he was tired from his job. So definitely I can't wait till he listens to the show and gets to hear that. Hey, I worked and drove 43 miles. <laughs> the... Um, <laughs> But one most important thing is to give a shout out to our sponsors and the the people who make this show happen and are, are out there for you guys who are promoting local racing and all that kind of stuff. And one of our number one and number two in no particular order sponsors, those are going to be PMP Sprockets. Do you need an upgrade on your drivetrain? Well, get it in gear with PMP Sprockets with tons of colors for all makes and models available for dirt and street. Check them out at pmpsprockets.com and on Facebook forward slash pmpsprockets or call and talk to Kim at 972-492-6200 and tell them Moto X-Pod sent you. Another thing that we all know is that motocross is expensive. And why take the expense of consistently having to rebuild your forks and putting new fork seals in? When you can just use Shock, Shock Socks, the original and number one 10 second removable fork seal protector, Shock Socks keeps grit and grime out of your fork seals. Who needs the headache of changing seals? Go to shocksocks.com and Facebook forward slash Shock Socks to pick up your colors. Also available for street bikes. Man, that is awesome. I got a buddy of mine, one of the kids living here, he's been on the show, Tyler, has got a Harley, and I was going to tell him he's going to have to get a set of those black. Uh, shock socks going on there they look sick yeah yeah i got some that i can probably hook them up with (laughs) that is awesome and this our rider that we're going to be calling tonight we'll let you do the intro on him but um yeah a long time supporter of shock socks and rider the first sponsored rider by shock socks the bsm assassin aaron smith we're about to call him and we don't have a way to cue him up so you get to listen to it ring hopefully we go to voicemail (laughs) He should be prepared if he's not in the paint booth, but he knows we're calling. So, uh, yeah, here we go. Hello. BSM assassin Aaron Smith. <laughs> what's up, brother? Hey, what's going on, man? Hey, we're uh, we're here on the Moto X pod. This is uh, Jamie Guida. Got TJ Smith in and what's his son, up? Doc Smith. What's up? How you feeling Saturday. after uh, Saturday night, after the mesquite yeah. round of the Nitro Arena Cross? Uh, not too bad. A little banged up from, from a couple falls, but, uh, other than that, pretty, pretty good. Yeah. You were telling me, uh, going into the evening that you were basically running a stock setup on a 250, So a little underpowered from some of those guys, but the highlight of the night for me was you taking the lead. How did that, how'd you feel with that? (laughs) 
man, it was kind of surprising. Everybody, a uh, couple guys fell down, and then all of a sudden uh, I was in the lead, uh, and uh, I just tried to kind of ride my own race at that point. I made a couple mistakes, and that allowed allowed them to catch up a little quicker, and uh, I just tried to hold hold the pace as long as I could and, and just ride it out. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty sick. I know I lost my voice screaming for you, just tell, yelling at the flagger, throw the white flag, throw the white flag. <laughs> I wanted to see you oh, yeah. win so bad, but uh, yeah, I was looking for it. <laughs> yeah, so I was telling uh, TJ, you know, that you're gonna try to uh, run the Dallas Supercross, and what has your preparation been for that? Uh, I've been uh, training with uh, the uh, Key Sports Nutrition guys, uh, John Key. I've been training with him for about four or five months now, and uh, just really getting in in uh, shape for that, and. Uh, as far as bike and everything, um, I've just been trying to hit as many just races as I can to get in riding shape. Uh, I'm actually about to start doing uh, some Supercross practice tomorrow. Where are you, where are you heading to do that Supercross practice, Aaron? Uh, I'm probably going to go out to Teddy Parks' house Yeah. first, and then uh, probably end up going down to Clayton's down there at Freestone and uh, this maybe at the end of this week or next week and ride down there. So if this uh, Dallas deal goes good, I mean, do you plan on trying to keep pushing through, or is it just going to be a one and done? No, yeah. Uh, actually, if I qualify at Dallas, then I'll uh, probably switch to the 450 class and do some of the East Coast rounds in the 450. Oh, okay. Yep. And then just because uh, the Dallas is a West Coast round, I mean, but you're yeah. just going to do the 450 on the East Coast. You're not going to try to yeah. follow back. Uh, I'll probably I'll probably try to go out to uh, to Seattle and do that on the 250, depending on how just everything's going. If I go to the 450, are you just for the East Coast? Are you just picking the farthest one away to do? Is that what you're doing? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's actually the next one. The next one after uh, Dallas is uh, is Seattle's the next one I could even do on a 250. So if I don't make it here in Dallas, then they're not going to let me just switch to 450. I'll have to wait till Seattle to qualify and then they'll let me do 450 so oh, i got you yeah, yeah. Gotta get some points that's right yeah i forgot about that man i mean i'm super excited about that we've got a couple <laughs> of our local riders going to be trying to hit up that dallas supercross and it's making me want to go i normally just sit here on the couch and watch it but i don't think i'm going to be able to do that i may we may actually have to show up really uh, yeah doc's sitting yeah. over there excited but yeah because we, <laughs> we know Winterstrom's gonna go we know john short's going um Aaron, yep. you know if Sean Hackley's going to be riding? I think, is he injured? Man, I, I haven't heard if he's going to be riding or not. I saw him at Village and love Hackley to death. I don't know if he's in shape to try to go hit a Supercross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I know he's been training some kids here lately, but yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. I know he's, he's working with the, Walter, with the Walters, Brandon Walters family, and a couple other riders. And I mean, obviously super talented, but... Oh yeah, just to just to come off the couch and hit a supercross—that's that's not no easy task. <laughs> no, yeah, definitely not. Well, uh, yeah. just so everybody knows, Shock Socks is bringing you to us tonight, and if I'm not mistaken, you were the original uh, Shock Socks pilot. Is that correct? Oh yeah, yes yeah. sir. Shanda uh, Shan Garcia, you know, is a good friend of mine, and he's uh, one of your good buds, and one has supported sponsors. you for a long, long time. And we, we all uh, love Shan. We have I'm sure there's stories we can't tell on the air about Shan. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's all sorts of crazy stories <laughs> yeah. of yeah, we're gonna have travel him, around. We're gonna have him on tonight. What, what you got any like like things we should ask him to kinda to to prime him up to get him like lined out to say something maybe he shouldn't? 
Uh, <laughs> I think he'll do that on his own. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he'll. <laughs> he's good at doing that <laughs> yeah, on his own, anyways. Shan does not care. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, before we go any further, Aaron, you want to tell us who all your sponsors are? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'd like to uh, like to thank the guys at Freedom Power Sports. Um, and they've been with me for a while, and they're always they've always stayed behind me and helped me out. Um, the guys at Key Sports Nutrition and John Key. Uh, they really stepped up and helped me this year uh, with my fitness and and uh, everything. Their products have been great. Um, the BSM Paintworks, uh, PMP Sprockets, um, man, there's Shock Socks, uh, Motor X, Bell Helmets, um, man, there's all sorts of guys that have been helping me out this year. I just can't thank them all enough. Yeah, PMP is one of our sponsors too. They Kim has helped me out tremendously uh, this year. All I know we're early in the year, but she's she's pretty great people. Yeah, they've, oh, yeah. Been, they've been part of the show. So tell me about this helmet painting deal. How long have you been doing that, dude? I I've went online and looked at <laughs> some of your stuff. I mean, that's amazing work. And I figured <laughs> I mean, that's just pure just talent. Is that something that you've been doing as long as I've known you? I didn't realize <laughs> you were doing that until a couple of years ago. Yeah, actually, I'd worked for the American Iron Horse Factory uh, back in around '02. I, and I worked that. there. I worked there for about four and a half years, and pretty much just learned the whole basics of of all the painting from the ground up. You know, I started from the bottom and learned all the process of doing it. And then, uh, so once they went out of business, I started working for a couple shops. I was doing some painting on the side for myself. And I got so busy just doing all my own work that I stopped working for those shops and kind of focused on doing my own thing. Well, I've been so. into like manufacturing and stuff like that before, and they don't teach you skills like that in manufacturing. <laughs> the the detail, yeah. the depth of the paint jobs are amazing. Yeah. yeah, it's all, I mean, a lot of it's been just kind of trial and error, self-taught type stuff. You know, I just, I've always been into art and, and drawing and stuff, but then, uh, taking it to the to the painting side was was a whole different thing for me so just learning the process was was a big thing Man. yeah you painted a helmet for me this summer and uh, with my, my darth vader helmet and it's so beautiful that i hate <laughs> to wear it almost because i it hasn't gotten the first scratch yet so it's it's <laughs> a piece of art it's awesome it, it is man yeah the detail you put into that is amazing where can people go to get more info on that because like i know i've seen it on your facebook but where do they get more info on yeah that? um i <clears throat> do we lose you yep we lost him with the call him back some stuff on oh, there, there you go, there you there you go. go. We, we lost you for a second aaron we lost you start start over again oh, okay you there yes, yeah sir. we're here okay uh yeah you can uh you can go to bsmpaintworks.com. Uh, I have some stuff on there. I'm actually getting a, a new website built up right now. Um, so that one should be up and running soon. Other than that, yeah, I have a, the Facebook page that has a lot of my work on there. And uh, you can go check it out on there. Well, I miss the days of when the pros had all these custom paint job helmets. That was <laughs> the thing to do. You had the custom paint job. Now everybody's either a monster or Red Bull rider, or they got to uh -huh. wear the factory helmets. I mean, seeing those custom paint jobs is just—it's amazing, and it's kind of—I—I I think it's kind of coming back. I'm starting to see some local kids with paint paint jobs, stuff like that. It's definitely looking cool. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So Aaron, I've known yeah. you. Uh, I think I met you probably in '06 at Badlands. I think that was the first time I met you. Where did your racing career start? Like, how old were you? 
and you know, uh, go ahead. I started riding a motorcycle when I was about 10 years old, and I just had an XR80, and uh, my dad had motorcycles. I mean, he didn't really race a bunch, but he rode, and, and uh, I kind of started riding that XR80 around and, and went trail riding at Flying P, and uh, then when I was about 12, uh, 11 or 12, I started I got a, a CR80 and started racing that and went out to Mosier Valley and did the, the night racing there and then kind of started riding at Village after that and just uh, rode for a couple of years on 80s and then went to the novice class and just kind of went from there. Have you ever uh, done like Ponca or Loretta's? Uh, yeah, I did uh, Ponca and Loretta's for the first time in uh, 2000. Uh Went to went there, got fifth at uh, Ponca, and then uh, went on to Loretta's and uh, actually won it oh, nice. for <laughs> the first year that I went there. So that was uh, it was pretty unreal to the, go and do that. The, on first the first year you went, you won it. <laughs> That's awesome. What, what were yeah. your moto scores? Do you remember? Uh, I had a. Uh, it was me and David Tarnow, and uh, mm-hmm. I won one. He won another one. And then it came down to the last moto. Whoever won it out of either of us was going to win the championship. And uh, I, I pulled it off on, on basically the last last turn. It, we came in with a lap and a half to go, and uh, we ran into each other. I fell down. He kept going. I picked my bike up and caught him. Wow. And on the, about the last turn and the last straightaway, I passed him and then ended up winning it. That, that is epic. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. Do you remember what class that, what class was that in? That was the the two or the one twenty five C mod. Oh wow, that was yeah. like, that's a, like like a storybook story. You can make a movie <laughs> out of that. <laughs> I know, right? Winners take all. Yeah. Oh, I was thinking, what was the what was the other one where the kids were racing? The girl was motocross. Yeah, motocross. Yeah, that, that that that's better than the motocross storyline. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I definitely couldn't couldn't believe it all happened. It was pretty surreal. That's awesome, man. Well, I'm really looking forward to seeing you. Uh... Saturday after this at Dallas, and uh, we hope you do well, man. We were definitely pulling for you to make the main or make the night show. Oh yeah, make the yeah, main would be it. fantastic, but we definitely want you to make the night show and get some points. Yeah, yeah, I just need to get in there in the night show. Got to get that start. Yep, yep. Um, well, man, we sure appreciate you. Um, we're gonna wrap this up. We got to get Shand on, and we're, right. we're gonna try to make fun of Shand. <laughs> but we definitely want awesome. everybody to. Check out your uh, BSM Paintworks Facebook page or website because like, his work is massively awesome. Everybody like, listening, it is it is second yeah. to none. It's it's amazing work. <laughs> and he also does like painting, uh, you know, motorcycle gas tanks and yeah, cars. Yeah. I do a lot of classic cars and regular cars. Yeah, yeah just you, anything that anybody needs painted, I can paint it. <laughs> yeah, you painted Shan's Camaro, correct? Yep. Yeah, yeah I painted his Camaro. Beautiful. And he, yeah, he's done some stuff for uh, Rob Springer on some dirt bikes. Man, just awesome work. So. Man, Aaron, we sure appreciate you being on and uh, look forward to seeing you here in a couple weeks. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. All right, take care, man. Later. Yep, later, man. All right, that's Aaron Smith, uh, BSM PMP rider from uh, Dallas. Where he's actually out of Weatherford, Texas, and we're gonna we're gonna claim him here. He's a, yeah, he's a he's, Northeast Texas boy. That's what we're. He's gonna say. one of those guys that's just always smiling and friendly, and just kind of like John Short, just good. And Scotty Winter, some good people. You can't help but like him and want him to do well. Right, right, and, and and he's like you said, the nicest person ever. And we'll probably talk about it a little bit, but I, I got my very first cover photo on a magazine. We're sitting here. I got it sitting here on the table. Oh, so you shot that? I shot that. Oh, that, okay. that picture right there. Yeah, I sure cool. did. 
uh, Shan drug me out there to I can't, I cannot remember what track we were at. Now it may have been underground, that old school underground, like when Regal owned it. And um, okay, yeah. So, anyways, yeah, he he we shot that, and he was doing a a reshoot of a of an old classic photo. And I mean, I I've talked to him the other day about it. I can't remember what it was called, but he's gonna remember. I, I promise you, Shan. You mean Shan? Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 dude. He is so knowledgeable. Yeah. So you calling him now? I'm about to okay. about to dial him up. Shan Garcia. So we should come up with some goofy thing that he's opposite of him. That some sponsor that's bringing him. Well, yeah, exactly. You mean like Dirt Rider? I don't know something that. You guys have me? No, we, not at all. Nobody can have you, <laughs> no. Shan Garcia. Wait, can I have you? Wait a minute. Is that, is that something possible? <laughs> I thought you guys were calling me at 7.45 a.m. Oh, <laughs> you've been waiting this whole time, haven't you? Patient. No, I was going to wait. No, I was going to wait till tomorrow night. Tomorrow, oh, morning. tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning. That's right. That's right. Well, you're here. We uh, Two of our cohorts are missing, but we've got you know Jamie. Oh, obviously, I'm sure you recognize that voice. And Doc is sitting in studio How with us. How you doing, Shan? Cool, train him young. That's right. We're gonna we teach him teach him to be famous early. You know what I mean? That, that that's the plan. <laughs> he's right, br- right. he's bringing us the drinks and waiting on his hand and foot. That's that, what Doc's job is. That's right. Really? We just we just got <laughs> off the phone with Aaron Smith. I, I think you've heard of him before, right? I have. I have heard of him. Her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he said he had no idea who you were. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> he he didn't want to have you. Is what he's yeah. saying. That's exactly what he's saying. We we asked him. He some- got rid of me. He got rid of me many years ago when he got smart and matured. We asked him if he had any dirt on you to embarrass you, and we and he said, no, he, he'll do that on his own. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Shand, how are you doing tonight? Well, I'm doing great, man. How how are things with the show? Going good, going good. Like we're saying, we're a little light tonight. A couple guys had some issues with work, but we're... And, uh, and running behind about, about 15 minutes. I got here late. I had to work a little bit late, got caught up, and... I come running in like a rolling dervish and just threw everything together, and we are on the air. Right on, right on. Well, congratulations on the show, guys. I think that's really cool what you you guys are doing. Well, I want to thank you for being the first sponsor to come on board. Uh, we all use Shock Socks, and we definitely want to get that product out there, and we love it, and you've been nothing but helpful. Well, and likewise, you know, y'all have been good friends through the years and helped me out and in more ways than one with TJ's photos early on, and then Jamie with you with Shock Socks, and, of course, Doc running Shock Socks. So I'm glad to be a sponsor, and I appreciate you reaching out to get our product on board uh, when you all got the show going. Yeah, I think he's been running Shock Socks, as, I mean, since, what, PW is almost? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Well, Shan, we know you have, a, or I know you have a lot of history with Texas motocross um, why don't you tell us how you got started in motocross to begin with? Well, in a nutshell, you know, my dad rode flat track when I was just a, a toddler. I mean, literally a baby. So I kind of grew up, uh, in diapers at Ross Downs, but his, he was just kind of a beginner, novice, beginner friendly, novice racer, nothing, nothing great, but he hung out with some pretty, pretty bad boys back in the day in the seventies. And, uh, I just grew up around motorcycles. And, and as you both know, you, once you see a dirt bike or a motorcycle or a street bike as a toddler, you're just kind of hooked. And um, just have always had that lifelong passion that I'm sure most every one of your listeners have, as well as you two gentlemen in the, in the studio there. And uh, it just kind of, you know, evolved from just being around it at such a, such a young age. 
Yeah, that's that's kind of how it was for me too. I grew up with my dad on the West Coast. We'd go out to Glamis and ride dirt bikes and three wheelers in the in the dunes. And he rode dirt bikes. My mom rode dirt bikes, and you just get obsessed with it. You can't help it. It's part of life now. Yeah, I think I'm the only one here who like didn't. Don't say those that hold four, on, hold four on, letter hold on, bad word. Hold on, hold on. My first dirt bike. Okay, check this out. I was nine years old. I wanted a dirt bike so bad. My mom was scared of me riding dirt bikes, so she made it impossible for me to get one she said that i had to buy the dirt bike that this old man was trying to give to me try to buy it for a hundred dollars a hundred dollars is a lot of money when you know you're nine years old in the 80s and i had to get i had to get straight a's for six weeks basically well we know we know that was an incredible feat for you tj (laughs) and so but i pulled it off i mean it shocked everybody and uh she and i wind up with the dirt bike it was a pipe frame mini bike and I spent the first few days pushing it up a hill and riding it down. It didn't run. It set out in the field for years. And I finally got it running. I still have that dirt bike. So, I mean, I didn't get – I I just was born with a desire to be yeah. on to racing. I would say two wheels, but, you know, I don't know. I started racing four wheels. So, <laughs> Well, that's, that's an awesome story. I like hearing that. Well, Shan, okay, so then when did you actually start racing? What year was that? Uh, it would have been in the early 90s. Me and my buddies uh, – you know, I had dirt bikes on and off my entire life. Uh, my mom, bless her heart, she would work hard, and she'd go buy me a junker at a garage sale, or or one time, uh, one time she bought me a KX80 for my birthday when I turned 11, and uh, you know, I rode that thing until the wheels fell off, and we couldn't, af- we never could afford to repair them. Right. So, so they would break, and they would sit in the garage, or, or you know, get sold for a few dollars. And of course, I was no mechanic at all, and I would just have to wait until. We found the next, you know, jalopy, so to speak, at a garage sale, and uh, and go pick one up. But it wasn't until, uh, you know, until I turned 18 and my mom co-signed, uh, and I had a full-time job that I was able to actually go buy my first brand new bike on my own, and uh, that's what really started it all. And that's that that right there just led to led to so many different paths and so many different friendships that evolved into different paths of, of life and um what was kinda, your, what was your first bike real quick uh it was a honda qa50 that my mom and dad no bought. no the one you bought the one you bought oh it was a 90 uh, 1990 kx125 it was the new e-perimeter frame that's right <laughs> wow. yeah so it was uh it was exciting times man you know we just uh me and my, me and all my best friends at the time back in the day we all had road and we had you know, Junker CR80s and Junker KX80s, and, and one of my friends had a 1980 KX125, but we never had, we never had anything just exceptionally brand new and pristine. And so when we, we all turned 18, of course, we all went and you know got begged people to co-sign and got bikes, and uh, man, that really just opened it up for us that we knew we could drive to Mosier Valley on a Tuesday night without our parents taking us, yeah. or to or to Dowdy Ferry or to Swan or anywhere we wanted to go without depending on, you know, without being 14 years old and depending on our parents, but also we had equipment that we were responsible for and that we could actually, we needed to maintain and we didn't want to let wear out because we knew if it was it, if it broke on the weekend, we were, uh, we were, you know, SOL as far as our parents were never buying us a used junker from a garage sale again. Right. Dowdy Ferry, that brings back some memories, man. I, I got to ride there a few uh, times on the way back from Whitney. That was the best place in Dallas to ride and train, and you could go there 
you know, any given day, and you would see, man, you would see all the hot shoes. Tenney would be there. That was his personal track. Langford, Heath Kirkland, so many guys. And then even, you know, even when Mitch Payton got Team Peak Pro Circuit going, uh, McGrath and Jeremy Buell and let's just say the guys like Buddy Antonis, all those crew, all those riders back then, they would come see Grayson Goodman here in Plano, and they would all drive over to Dowdy Ferry and pound out motos, and you'd see the Team Pro Circuit, Team Peak Pro Circuit box fans out there at Dowdy Ferry, and you know we we just all pull off the track and just sit in awe and just go wow, because you know we were all just you know novice right. riders, beginner, beginner novice riders, and here here these guys are ripping up Dowdy Ferry, and to rip up Dowdy Ferry. I mean, that was really, that was a man's job to rip up Dowdy Ferry. It's tough. And then, you know, you'd see Charlie Bogart out there on 80s, and that's where he was partially where he was honing his skills. You know, that kid had all the all the speed and talent in the world, and he would go ripping by you at Dowdy Ferry on his RM80 out of Arlington Suzuki. And it just reminded you, really, reminded all of us just how sorry we really were. At <laughs> yeah. Bike, right? yeah, I didn't know it. That's a story I didn't know. That's one of the reasons I was so glad we have you on is because, we could probably talk to you for hours about stories like that. That yeah. was before my time in Texas. And that's, yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. something I didn't know. That's awesome. Well, speaking of that, that brings me to my next deal, the uh, Berm, Texas um, Motocross Chronicles. What brought that on, that book? That just an amazing I – mean, it's artwork. It's all, that's all it is. You know what I mean? It's, it's all you can say. Well, what brought that upon – like brought that made you want to do that? Well, I, first off, I appreciate that compliment, DJ. That's, that's just me. It gives me goosebumps to hear, even nine years after after I published it, because that is my baby. That is that is the the greatest thing I've ever I feel like I've ever accomplished. And that all came about because, you know, when I was younger, and we would our parents, you know, there were times when we didn't have dirt bikes, as I mentioned, they 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 break, and so we'd have, we'd beg our parents and friends' parents to take us to Moser Valley on a Friday night. And, and the parents could care less about riding dirt bikes or anything, but they would drive us out there so we could watch the races. And, uh, you know, we were just eating up with eating up with Dennis Hawthorne and Clay Hohenshell on a Friday night at, at Moser Valley and Tenney and all the local guys. And so we looked up to all those guys. They were all, you know, they were all superstars in Texas as far as we were all concerned. Right. So I just know I've just always had a, a very uh, nostalgic uh, admiration for the history and, the, and the, the fast dudes that came about and really who put Texas on the map, the Kent Howertons and the Steve Stackables and Steve Wise and Wyman Pretty. And um, I used to always dream about, I used to always, I didn't dream about it. Let me recorrect that. I didn't dream about it, but I always thought, man, it'd be really cool if, if somebody had ever just documented it all and put it in like a history book. Right. Because, because you know, when we were kids, guys, uh, you know, you had to wait once a month, and we'd walk up to to Albertsons or Brookshire's, and you were lucky to find a dirt bike, a dirt rider, or a motocross action magazine. And then you you'd read the hell out of that thing, and you'd have to wait a month before it hit the newsstand again. So I always just kind of thought, man, it'd be really cool to actually document a true documentation, a true coffee table book. So I brainstormed on that ever since I was in my early twenties. I just thought it would be really cool. I didn't know that I would ever do it, but I just thought it. It would be it would be something really cool to be done, and uh, you know one thing led to another. I, I you know I raced with John Willis with, with Whole Shot Magazine yeah. way before Whole Shot Magazine, way before that magazine. But you know we we would ride and race together in 1992 and 93 and 94. And one thing led to another. You know ten ten years later we run into in each other at a dealership uh, at Central Yamaha where I had done an equipment lease finance 
for that dealership as well as hundreds of other dealerships across the nation. And he saw me and goes, man, Shan Garcia, how are you? And I was like, oh, wow, John, how are you doing? And we, we caught up, and, and one thing led to another, and he invited me out to Arena Cross and said he'd hook me up with some tickets. And then uh, then that evolved into after a big pit party in 2004 at the Dallas Supercross and brought in a couple of kegs of beer and brought in a DJ <laughs> and uh, brought in a bunch of food. And uh, I invited John to the pit party. In the pits? Uh, no, it was out just out in the tailgate party. Okay, tailgate party. Okay, got gotcha. you. The tailgate party. I call it a pit party. No, no, yeah, just, party. yeah. So John, John asked me if I wanted to, you know, talk to him more about joining the magazine. And uh, one thing led to another, and I joined. Well, I told him about a year, about two years later. I said, "Man, John, I've always had this vision about about writing a book, or, or there needs to be a book written with all the history." And uh, and by that point, I'd been with Whole Shop for a couple of years, and John said, man, Chan, I'll, I'll help you design it. If you just give me all the information, it's your book, you do it, and I'll design it. And I just thought, well, heck, this is a, you know, this is kind of a dream come true after all the years and all the admiration for the nostalgic piece of Texas motocross. That, TJ, my friend, to answer your question, is how the book kind of came about and how it was brainstormed, and it just been a, been a long-term vision. How long really from cool. that inception point when you put your head down and do that book? I mean, there is, I mean, there's so much information. There's so much history in there. It had to have been a year, years worth of work to put that together. It seems like. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was about a year and a half. You're, you're wow. really close. It was about a year and a half, and you know that was me working, you know, a, a full time job and part time on the on the book and, and working in the evenings. And I'd have to, you know, uh, Remo Pretty Wyman Pretty's widow. She Flew down to Dallas once or twice and visited yeah. me and gave me the archives. And then I, you know, I went out and saw Steve Stackable with Aaron Smith at Supercross. And, uh, you know, so it, I'd work in, in the evenings. I talked to Kent Howerton in the evening. We'd email back and forth. I talked to Steve Weiss. So it, it, was, uh, it was a lot of evening shifts, put it that right. way. I would, <laughs> I'd be like right now at 8 o'clock in the evening, I'd be working on their stories and emailing back and forth. And we'd be editing and correcting and selecting photos. And, it was, a, it was a lot of fun, but it was about a year and a half's worth of work. Well, I know I was at Underground this last year, one of the races doing an announce. I can't remember what it was, and they had and they had that book there. And to tell you how timeless that book is, you said it's been nine years. I I knew about the book and I've seen it around, but I've never just cracked it open and read. And I had a bunch had some free time. It was early in the morning, before practice, before we even started, and I just for the first time, and like you said, it's been how nine years ago that book was made. I cracked it open yeah. and it was like it was printed yesterday. I mean the yeah. the it's just gonna I think it's gonna be one of those timeless books. I mean it's just well, awesome. I, I appreciate that. It, you know, it's a coffee table book and the, the coolest thing in the world, you guys remember I I didn't set out to really author a book. I had no idea I'd do it. I didn't always thought that'd be cool to, to take to take to take everybody's names I looked up to and put it in a book. And uh next thing you know we got Barnes and Noble distributing it, selling it for us. And in, in all of Texas Barnes and Noble book bookstores, we had that. And it was just it was just the weirdest. Like I said, it was the weirdest thing in the world because I didn't aspire to be an author or anything to that degree. Right. But I I did pull over a couple of times at some Barnes and Nobles and walked in there just as Johnny Joe customer and actually saw the book on you know for sale and I, I just couldn't believe it. It just That's blew so awesome. my mind. It still kind of it still blows my mind. That's why I said I got goosebumps when you compliment it yeah, well, still, my, uh, my copy sitting right here i brought it with me tonight and this is probably the third copy you've had to give me because 
I buy I bought the first one at the 07 Freestone National. I think that's around the time it was being released. Yeah. And uh I've passed those along to other people. I mailed one to Chris Kiefer with Dirt Rider magazine. I've given some to other buddies and I just keep having to share and I need another copy. <laughs> because this thing's so well, awesome. I it's want every great Go ahead. It's cool that you do that, Jamie, because it's a great gift. You know, I mean, it's oh, a yeah. super cool gift for anybody that's into it. And and that was, you're right, uh, 07 National is when you and Michael Gage uh, did the Does Moto checks for uh, some of those top riders. And that was also the unveiling. We, we worked hand-in-hand with Tony Miller at Freestone because that was also the unveiling of the book. And it was the return to Texas for the Outdoor Nationals right. after 19 years. So it was kind of a oh, combo, super combo cool. deal for us. Yeah, I remember that. That was I was excited to see that table get set up with the, with the uh, I think it was the whole shot canopy you guys had up, and you had your whole shot magazines, and you finally opened the box with the berm book, and I got my hands on. Yeah, that is so awesome. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah, it was crazy for a guy that's never read a book in his life, and <laughs> and I'm I'm, like, I'm I'm just being real honest. I'm not an intelligent book reading. You know, I'm not a school guy, so. For me to actually have published the book, self-published it, and and open up those boxes at the national, and people were, you know, just coming by and, and buying it, and they were freaking out just because they they they're still to this day has never been a state motocross history book. So that's it's that's just awesome. it was just a really really cool feeling back in '07 when we did that, and it still is. And man, I tell you what, I've been I've been uh, slowly, slowly, slowly archiving information for the second burn book, and I don't have a I don't really have a projected date yet because it's still early on, but uh, but when it finally releases, and it could be a couple of more years out, it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna blow everybody out of the well, water. Well, I haven't hit really my peak yet. It. I haven't <laughs> hit my peak yet, so wait until I do, and then you can yeah. and then you can publish. Right? Yeah, yeah. And I don't think you've scheduled my interview yet. Yeah. What the heck? <laughs> so so so. Anyways, we know you were you were with Whole Shot Magazine and did that for a long time, but right now I noticed you're doing stuff with Berm. What's going on? Like, yeah, I kind of uh, I pulled away from uh, Whole Shot Mag, wanted to go a different direction. And so uh, I just kind of took a spin off of the Berm Texas Motocross Chronicles name on the book and just came up with Texas Berm, which is just a social media platform and, and online uh, you know, news and coverage. So you, you probably noticed our Instagram and our Facebook page. We cover, we go out and cover the events we can attend. Right. And I've got some, I've got some great contributors that uh, are out at hit, hitting races that I'm not able to attend, and they've got all the codes, and they log in and, and upload our information. And um, really, really cool because it allows – I've got – guys, I've got all these archive photos. When Pat Span passed away with Tex-MX and Southern Dirt Bike Journal, she called me and said, Shan, come to my house. She goes, I'm leaving you with most of this stuff. I've got, I've got Wyman Pretty's uh, archives. I've got Steve Wise's archives, Steve Stackables. So – you know, I can't wait five years or ten years or twelve years to be putting out a hardcover book. So I thought, you know what, I can create Texas Berm and do now coverage, present day coverage, but I can also throw up some really classic, cool, old school photos from the seventies, eighties, nineties, the millennium, this That's decade, awesome. and uh, and really just you know re- reach a lot of give the give the Texas fans what they want. And um, and so far, it's been a huge hit. Everybody's been very, very, very supportive. Yeah, as far as Texas history goes, you are by far the most knowledgeable history motocross buff that I know. Like, I've been pretty lucky to sit around you and the Black Sox Mafia guys a few times at races, and or the the Vets Unite guys at 
team cramp guys at night and listen to some of your stories that you talk about. And I just wish I hadn't missed out on all this coming to Texas in 91. I missed a lot of stuff and didn't know everybody. And you, you have so many stories. You, you got any good stories you want to tell us not about just anything. you have a favorite motocross story? You know, um, man, that's tough, Jamie, because there's just so many, I've been fortunate, man. I, I can't, I cannot even deny it. I've been very fortunate. I've had a lot of high points and very few low points. Um, one cool thing was that I, one, a couple of really cool things were that really made me sit down and go, wow, Shan, you know, um, you're fortunate. Is when we unveiled that burn book, Steve Stackable and Kent Howerton could not make it to the Outdoor National in 07. And so, if you remember, everybody was doing a, a Legends Parade Lap. D. Wood, yep. Jason Langford. Uh, we, we flew Remo Pretty in uh, in honor of Wyman Pretty and, and Tom Shields escorted her up to the finish line tabletop. And, uh, and they did a Legends Lap. And I had a jersey made up that had Stackable and Howerton's name on it. And I, I, I rode that Legends Lap just in honor of those two guys. That was really cool. Um, you know, announcing with Lynn Nickerson. Uh, I got a funny story about Lynn of the Black Stock Mafia. This is cool like this. Uh, Lynn was announcing out at Freestone. And I had announced for Tony a few times while Lynn was sick. But it was but it was very clear Lynn was their full-time announcer. And Lynn had gotten sick on and off and was battling cancer and going through treatment. So I'd come in and and do some do, do the fill-in announcing when Lynn couldn't make it. Well, one time we're sitting there, and Lynn's announcing a race, and I'm there covering with the magazine and shooting photos, and I go upstairs to talk to Lynn up in the Lynn Nickers suite, and uh, he he sees my shirt, and he says, well, Shan, you know, what's, what's the Black Sock Mafia? And I started laughing, and I said, well, Lynn, uh, well, no, hang on, he, let, me, let me rephrase that. He went downstairs. He asked me if I would take over announcing for, for a little while while he took his medicine and while he took like a 20 or 30 minute break in his truck. So he went down to his truck, got outside the tower, reclined the seat back, took his took his medicine and just chilled out for 20 or 30 minutes. I started plugging and playing on the mic and calling the shots. And he came back up and that's when he said, Shan, he goes, what is, uh, what is the Black Sock Mafia? Because he'd heard about it, but he wasn't really sure what the heck it was. And so... I started laughing. I said, well, Lynn, you know, it's it's just a bunch of bad dudes, man. It's <laughs> You know, I don't know if we need to talk about this on the microphone. And I, I pulled my jeans up and showed him my black socks. And I kid you not, guys, he goes, well, Shan, he goes, what do I need to do to get in the mafia because I'm wearing black socks, too? And he pulled his jeans up and showed me, and we laughed so hard about that. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so that was really that was a really cool story uh just announcing with jack rose and lynn nickerson were really cool and they both gave me you know before lynn passed away he just he gave, gave me so much praise and credit and and, and jack rose has too even though he's not passed away he totally kind of handed the candle to me and said here run with it boy you've got some talent those are some really cool personal things now on some uh on another note as far as what you asked me jamie about man there, there's just been a lot there's been a whole lot i don't I don't even know where to where I would even begin with the different stuff that I've been able to see yeah. and watch racers, you know, watch the Wardens and the Hackleys and the Lemoynes and the Cunninghams come up through the ranks. That was a really really special time. Not not necessarily one in particular story, but just that whole 
time period back in 2006, 2007, 2008 was just really incredible with talent. Well, you uh, last year got to do some traveling. I know you were like like a man on the road going. What 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 was going on with all that? Was that just like a bucket list deal or? When when are you talking about? Well, he goes to Mill Millville every year, correct? Right, right. Doing and then that. He's been. You've announced out. Uh, is it New Mexico? I think there's a race you do or done a couple times. Yeah, in Arizona, the the yeah, Arizona. Yeah, yeah. Open. Well, I know every time I tried I to get Glenn a hold Allen. of you last year, you were you were on the road traveling somewhere. That's just what he tells you because he doesn't <laughs> want to talk. To he you. just didn't want to talk to me. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I'm understanding what's going on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Finally, <laughs> no, you know, we go to we go to Mule every every year. That's a uh, that's just kind of my vacation. It, it ends up being work because I go there and I cover the event. But uh, but we started going there in 1999. Stupid Gary and Jeff Odom right. and. You know, Aaron Smith, who's through the years, Patrick Hurley, through the years, different Tammy friends Cheek. have went with me. And uh, so that's just kind of an annual vacation. I don't go to, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not the guy that goes to the beach or goes to Cancun or Cozumel. I, you know, my vacation is, well, let's load up and go to Millville for the Outdoor National. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, that's kind of a, a yearly trip. That's a, lo- a lot of fun with a lot of good friends. I'm sure there's plenty of stories that we're going to leave off the podcast yeah. that happened during those. Yes, there's some. Yes, there's a lot of. Uh, there's some really crazy stories that involve crash motorhomes, involve sheriffs in Minnesota. Uh, <laughs> it's got. It's got pretty wild, but you know the vets unite, man. We always just kind of escape right on out the back door without getting yeah. caught. See, I'm one of those guys that's never been in trouble, and when I, uh, one time in particular, when I hung out with Shan, I almost got in trouble. Yeah, we can't share that story online, but I set you up, and you almost took the fall. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> but uh, you know what, Jamie? I, I love you for having the cojones to do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate it, Shannon. And probably nobody else could have got me to do that other than you. Right, right. So. Well, that speaks volumes of our friendship. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're, you're going to be at Jayville this weekend coming up, right? Yes, I'll be announcing the uh, the fourth round of the Texas Winter Series. And my goodness, what a great Great, great winter series. Tony Miller and them have had this 17th year. How about the numbers? You guys, TJ, you announced at Village Creek. Yeah. You've been at the, you've been at the rounds, some of the rounds with Doc. Jamie, you've been watching watching it all go down online with the photo coverage. And, and they've just had an incredible turnout each round. And this is the first year for it to come to Johnsonville. So I'm really excited to to uh, to see the you know just to see it all unfold Saturday and Sunday. Well, I tell you one thing I'm looking forward to is this weekend. It could be really good because I mean, Johnsonville also has I believe the first Loretta Lens qualifier for this area is going to be at Jayville. So that I think this weekend is going to bring in a lot of fast kids and a lot of people are going to be hitting this race up to try to get some race experience on that track before that qualifier. We could see some amazing battles. I'm I'm a little jealous on you getting to announce this one because I mean you're going to have the the hot seat for some great racing. Well, TJ, yeah, you're, you actually you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, you touched a good point. They're going to come all from all over for for seat time. Uh, a lot of these a lot of these people have never been to Johnsonville. Um, they're going to be in for a treat, and you're right. They're going to use this as a little bit of leverage to gain some seat time for that area qualifier. And I will be, I will be announcing that, and that's just a few weeks after the winter series. So it's kind of a it's kind of a one two combo punch there for Johnsonville. They got two really big races right out of the gate, right here early in you know early in spring, and I, I'm excited to be a part of it. You know, I, I remember when Johnsonville was first designed and first made, and, and it was just yep. a, a practice track for for their friends. And yeah, I was when there. They started 
when they started discussing holding races, they asked me if I'd come out and announce. And and uh, something pretty funny, you know, a good story I like to share is April Johnson, you know, she's just the sweetest girl in the world. And uh, she was a nervous wreck. She <laughs> was teared up and she was crying on that first race because she was afraid of, she just didn't know which direction to go on making decisions. She didn't want to uh, upset anybody. She wanted everybody to have a good time. And she just, she just, had no clue. It was like they just threw her in the airplane at DFW Airport and said, here, fly this to L.A. She had no idea what she's doing. And uh, she actually teared up several times. And I told her, I said, April, you're going to look back on this day and these tears, and you're going to laugh one day because you're you're soon going to be in charge of a really good track, and, and you're going to make you're going to make a great manager and a great owner of this track. And here we are, you know, what, four or five years later, uh, they do everything top-notch, and they, they've yes, got they some, do. Yeah, they've got some very, very good races coming that they've uh, they've earned the hard way. That place has come a long way. I remember uh, Michael Gage and I, we raced Badlands one night, and then, I, hey, we're going to go to this practice track in Yanis, and I'd never met Cole or April, and it was barely two bikes wide the, the first time I rode it. Just a little, like you say, a little practice track that Cole had, and it's come a long way, man. And Cole is one of my favorite people, and April. I love them people. Yeah, they've been good to me, and they're good to everybody. And Yep. Like I said, they called and asked me if I'd announce, and I said, yeah, and I've announced for them since, since the opening day and that opening race that they had many years ago, and it's just been a – it's been cool to watch uh, the smiles on, on the racers and the family's faces when they leave Johnsonville because it's, 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 it's pretty, it's unique, the soil's great, they've got that big pond there. I mean, it's just a nice atmosphere. It's out in the country, but you're, new, you're not too far away from Sulphur Springs. Where yep. there's a Walmart, and you know, and you can do stuff. So, man, I'm just excited. I'm, I'm, I'm glad for, I'm glad for all track owners and track owners. We need those guys, and I'm glad that that we have people like them that open up their land for us to ride and race. But uh, they deserve, they deserve all the kudos in the world because they stuck it out. They never threw in the towel. They've had some small races, and they've yeah. had some medium-sized races. But uh, this winter series race will be one of the bigger the bigger races they've ever had. Yeah, well, we had seven hundred and I want to say it was seven forty six entries at um, Village. Yeah, and, yep. and with that new lap, it's going to be. I, I mean, I hope that they're you know really well staffed. I've talked to them already, making sure they didn't need help. And I was just call. I just messaged them to see if they needed help. I didn't care picking up trash, or whatever, just to help them out. I didn't say that first. Hey, do y'all need help? And they're like, oh, no, we got an announcer. So, I mean, you're on lock there. And I was like, no, 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 whatever you need, like flaggers, whatever. I don't want to talk <laughs> right. to them just, just to give them April a doesn't hand. want to talk to you either. Yeah, she doesn't want to talk to me either. So, no, but we, um, but what's it called? That track is, that track's going to get rough. It's going to make some great racing. The, the fast guys are going to really be tested. I've raced that track quite a few times on some of the bigger races, and it can, it can be pretty nasty. So, we're going to see some, I mean, we're going to see the fast guys really excel this weekend, I think, where you're going to see kids like Brandon Walters and, and some of the um, other fast kids out there that will probably, like, maybe even struggle at times because this year we haven't had any races that these guys have hit that have been really, really rough. I don't think even whenever I was out at Freestone, I don't think it's going to, it's going to be as rough as it's going to be at Johnsonville. Yeah, you bring up a solid point. I mean, it could be, and, and it usually is. Johnsonville usually gets pretty rough. Cole takes, uh, with the exception of the TVRC race with the vintage guys, <laughs> race, he, he takes really big pride in, in tilling it deep and, and uh, 
and watering it down thoroughly and, uh, and letting that track develop. And, and that's the and way it should really, be. Yeah, not really touching it too much unless there's some major hiccup spots. But uh, I anticipate it being rough, and I'm, I'm like you said, I'm, I'm glad that I'm uh, able to call this call this race and watch it because you're gonna we're gonna see some we're gonna see some points get get chunked and lost, and we're gonna see some uh, some points get gained. It's gonna be really interesting to see who goes in the fifth round at Freestone with the series points lead and you know the Bell Holden Bell Golden Helmet Award high points winner. It's gonna be. It's going to kind of come down to crunch time this weekend at Johnsonville. Well, Doc is healing from his collarbone break that he had at Freestone, and he may be back out there this weekend. If he is, I'm going to be FaceTime uh, doing the the live Facebook stuff for the Moto X Pod while I'm out there. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah, <laughs> Doc, like I <laughs> want to I'm ride hoping. that track so bad. Oh, that's awesome. But yeah. um, I'll come out there. You know, we're gonna we're gonna throw you on there. I'll come in there and holler at you and and see how you're doing and get you get get your beautiful face on our moto x pods uh video <laughs> all yeah, right i think i may come up That's and hang tough. out too yeah well you are you are welcome to you both know that anytime i'm anywhere and uh always great to talk to y'all and hang out with you for sure all right well you know what as good as you are on this and the fact that you've done podcasting before and we're rookies at it we're probably going to have you on as a as like a, a regular call in you know every now and then and and just bug you and 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 see what you think about what's going on especially at the races that that you're lucky enough to get to announce and i gotta be a spectator we can well i don't think that's a bad idea i'll be more than glad to help you guys out i'll be more glad to be a you know a regular regular call-in guest and uh i did i did it i did what you guys are doing and it is a total 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 blast and uh it's been it's been years and and there's uh a lot of fond memories, so I, I think that when you guys queue up and put on the mics and call up your call up your your guests, your show guests like myself, I mean, there's just so much camaraderie that can be had and so much fun times and laughs and you can learn a whole lot. And uh, hats off to you guys for doing it. I'm uh, I'm excited that somebody is doing it in Texas and that cares about it, and and uh, I'll be more than glad to be a guest anytime. I think we have a new segment: Shock Socks Story Time with Shand. <laughs> <laughs> the G-rated version stories, Jamie. Well, sometimes oh, that's no fun, sometimes. man. That's, that's no fun. You got, we got we got to have at least a, PG you know, thirteen. Yeah, or, or with mature. You know, we can put a disclaimer out there. <laughs> well, Shannon, I'll I want share. To... Go ahead, man. I'll share some stories with you guys at a later date when we when we know your show isn't going to fail because of my stories early on. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Well, I want to tell I want you... you guys to get the show. Uh, bumping on all beats and, and running really good before I unveil some crazy stories that may turn your listeners off. <laughs> Sounds good. I want to tell you thank you for all you've done for me, all you do for your riders, and what you've done for the show, man. You're just a stand-up guy, and I've enjoyed being friends with you and having the laughs that I've had and the, the few stories that I do have in Texas, a lot of them you're involved with. So I appreciate you. Right on, Jamie. And likewise, same here, buddy. I've always enjoyed our our friendship and uh and, and been grateful to to you for what you've done for me and my product all these years and and same with tj man when i met tj he was i i guess you were just out shooting photos and we started talking and got numbers and you supplied me with some images for some swan races and uh and you lived out there and you were working at maybe classic honda or somewhere i don't recall right uh then when y'all mentioned aaron smith earlier you had him on i guess in the show earlier and i can't wait to listen to his bit but uh Whenever, uh, when I was in a jam and we had a photo shoot scheduled with another photographer and that photographer had to bail at the last minute, you know, I called TJ on a whim and just said, Hey man, I need you here 
to shoot this cover shot and and man we just kept our fingers crossed and tj showed him was man i've never done really anything this high caliber you know for a magazine cover and i mean tj you just you bailed me out and uh and jamie as much as you respect me i do the same for you and i also do have that much respect for tj because he you know, this was 10 years ago when you, you bailed me out of that photo shoot in December of 2006. It's I'm looking at it years. right now. It's laying right in front it's of me. Been, it's been 10 years of friendships between the three of us, and uh, and there's nothing but respect, man, and nothing but, you know, great great times in the past and great times ahead. So well, I'm yeah. glad you guys honestly, you guys. honestly, that was all, like, my pleasure. That was, like, the highlight of my photo career. If I don't, <laughs> you know what I mean? Being able to do that was, like, the coolest thing ever. So... I really appreciate the the opportunity you gave me to be able to shoot, do some writing, and do just you know small things for, um, for for the magazine, and just to be a part of that. So, but right. we're gonna let you go because actually we got a late start tonight. We haven't even got our breakdown on what happened this weekend at the Supercross. So, I mean, I, I just like to say while you're on here, so everybody knows just how intelligent I am. On Facebook, I claimed Eli Tomac for the win, and it happened. <laughs> so, anyways, I'll holler at you this weekend. It looks like it sounds like Jamie's going to be there. Hopefully, I'll be there. Hopefully, Doc, you know, your one of your riders will make it out there and be able to race this weekend. That's at least the plan. And the following, yeah, Doc. I hope I hope you're listening. I hope you I hope you heal up uh, in the next four or five days. You come out there and, and give it a give it a whirl. And, it, and by all means, if you're not healthy and you're not ready to go. Wait another week or so, son. Yeah. Well, no, yeah, and the follow- I plan on doing whatever I'm healthy for. <laughs> right. The following week, we'll, we'll be at Dallas pulling for BSM Assassin, Aaron Smith, and Scotty Winterstrom and John Short to get into uh, the night show. Yeah, man. We got a good race coming up in Dallas. A lot of local cats. Yeah, we do. It's All right, gonna, man. Gonna see. Well, I appreciate the uh, appreciate the call, guys. Enjoyed it. Uh, look forward to hearing it. You have a, you have a great evening, Sham. See you, buddy. Okay, thanks, TJ. Bye, Jamie. See you, man. See you later. Bye. Oh, I cut him off. I didn't let him say bye to Doc. I see. Yeah, it was I just, see. just that way. So, <laughs> we right. we did have those calls scheduled, and we made it by the skin of the your teeth, which I don't think my teeth have skin on them, but still, that was those are good calls, though, man. They, they really were. I enjoyed and, that. And Shand is like just been always been a good guy to us you know what i mean like it's always been good to me and to doc and it's been amazing but what we normally do at the beginning of the race is we at the beginning of the podcast is talk about the races and how we're not going to talk about how poorly i did at fantasy this week uh but I mean, you even beat me. That's pretty bad when I, when you beat me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think typically in the years past, I do beat you a lot, but this right, well, year has not been good. You know, okay, we're just, we're just going on the last. I still had a guy not make it. I didn't I, know I don't Tyler know Bowers was out. Yeah, I, I don't even know how I did. The doc beat me, too. I think everybody beat me. I think I got second to I, last. I probably beat you, too, Doc Sire. I think he did. Yeah, and, and then I think uh, Gage actually won the week. He weekend. did. Yeah. Michael Gage finally won. And I don't know. I think he just flips a quarter to pick. <laughs> I'm not even sure how he picks some of because he picks guys sometimes that like aren't even on the list somehow. I don't know. I don't know what Michael Gage does. That's hilarious. Well, this weekend we had a surprise win. It really was. I picked Eli to win because I has it was off of nothing but just a hunch. Just a <laughs> I thought maybe it could happen, and if it did happen, I would seem like a genius. And well, I'm a genius because Eli Tomac not only won, he like dominated. Crushed. Like I don't even know if Roxon would have been there if he would have had anything for Tomac. 
Yeah, Tomac was on another level that night. That was pretty. It's sort of like uh, 2000. Was it six, 15? 15. Yeah, outdoors, outdoors when he was just crushing everybody. That, that was impressive. It was. It was amazing. But it was a weird night. Chad Reed, another one. I, I don't know. It had to have been that track. It had to have been the way it was designed. That was probably one of the best racing tracks yeah. this year. I think everything was really awesome. You know, Chad's one of those guys. As much as I dislike the guy, he's never short on confidence, and. Man, if he he gets a start and he has everything is clicking for him, he he can win. He can win, and he's super fast. But did you listen to any of his interviews? Mm, I don't think so. I don't read a lot of his interviews. Just the through, podium stuff throughout the um, the night. I guess you'd say afterwards was him. I don't think he's happy with that Yamaha. Yeah, kind of. I got that vibe. For, I don't remember where I heard. So maybe I did hear the interview you're talking yeah. about because I, I remember the podium. I don't remember. I heard something, and I got that vibe. I don't remember where I picked that up though. So if he gets happy with that Yamaha, he got second there, which kind of had a, a little bit of a help getting that second. With you know, I actually with, think something. I think something JT said on Pulp the other night. I think maybe that's where I, he he was yeah. making a comment of. That Chad was kind of searching for something he wasn't real comfortable. But if he gets comfortable, he could be a threat to be on the podium all yeah. the time. I mean, nice. I mean, I don't like him, but it'd be nice because I don't want to see Dungey run away with the championship. And so. You know, you know what makes me the happiest, and I think I may have told Doc this. What makes me the happiest about Chad Reed making the podium is Stewart's on the couch, and this whole time Chad <laughs> Reed has been sucking and not riding good for right. whatever reasons, bike, who knows? And Chad has to think, well. I because in his head, we're all racers. We all think I'm better than this. And he thinks, I'm better than Reed, but Reed's in fifth and sixth place and seventh. And I don't want to come back for that. But he sees Reed on the podium. Stewart's going to be like, James Stewart's going to be like, I can beat Reed. I could make a podium. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think James always thinks he can win. I think most of those guys, yes. all, you know, the top just their five, six guys, yeah, they, they have, high. if they don't have that embedded in their brain that they can win, they're probably not going to be out there, you know. I mean, I don't know that. I don't know somebody like Jeff or Michael Lessie. I don't think Michael Lessie thinks he can win. Right. But the top ten guys, they all have to think they can win. Because I mean, I don't want to go out to a race and think oh, I can't win. I think I think those guys all have that anyway. So I believe that James Stewart, in his mind, probably thinks he can come off the couch today and win. But you're pretty right. Even when I go to the racetrack and I'm, I know I'm slow. I always feel like i could win maybe it's a, maybe it's that kind of have to have that or what are you racing for exactly exactly well ryan dungy i mean he's winning the championship right now he is what above marvin and marvin had a horrible weekend the first weekend that we had a real technical track and a real technical set of whoops and it just destroyed marvin if it continues like that I mean, I don't see him being able to hold on to that second spot with tomac if tomac can get on fire the way he is you may be right. I hope Marvin just had a bad night because I don't. I want him to do well. I want to see him win. Yeah, I picked him for the win <laughs> for this yeah. Yeah, last weekend. Yeah. I yeah. would like to see him win. I, I just think he's a good dude, and I think he's really talented. And and I, I hope he just had a bad night. But I guess we won't know until next week. You know, you just right. you never know week to week. And it was an odd track. I mean, uh, my my guy Blake Baggett set the fastest time in practice for the weekend. Um, so. It was just a different track. Yeah. And, and 
setting the fastest time, being that good all day long, and then getting seventh, it just showed how much of a racer's track this was. And I think Tomac is a racer. He's going to get out there and, and able to just twist the throttle and go. And this track played played to that. So. Yeah, you know, and there were some sections that some of the guys weren't doing. There was that quad that a couple guys were doing. Some weren't. The sand section was pretty awesome. This For the first time yeah, it's ever. very rare for the sand section to be cool and right. race, raceable, and it was. It really was. You know, and there, there's so many things we could talk about tonight. You know, you had the, the Jason Anderson uh, web situation. We had Bowers getting hurt. We had Pike getting hurt. We had so J-Mark getting Pike. hurt. I think Pike's out for a minute. Like he's he's going to be out for a little bit. They said uh, broken wrist or dislocated maybe. Yeah, so that's something bad. Yeah. That's not good yeah you know so now right now jgr they're down again you know and i bet they're wishing wishing nicoletti wasn't on that 250 (laughs) i don't know i mean that's bringing them so much publicity yeah you know i'm saying that's making i mean who else is paying to paying attention to a suzuki during the race if you didn't have nicoletti on there not many i guess yeah (laughs) not right now anyway wait a minute let's see i love filthy though the yeah nicoletti was the top finishing suzuki right I mean, oh, it's just awesome. There's a lot going on, you know, and it's still early in the season, but it's going to be over in the blink of an eye. So you just, I, I really, man, I hope Eli, Eli's confidence is back. There's no doubt after hearing some interviews with him, he he said it on the podium, I'm back. That's a pretty bold statement after one race. Yeah, it's a good you know, point. You know, because if you take last year, he destroyed at Daytona, where everybody says, well, that's just outdoor-style track. But he won or really killed it at that one race. Well, now he killed it at one race – but he feels like he's back, and I think that makes all the difference. He also said he made some pretty significant changes, you know, and a lot of guys say that. He wasn't really willing to open up about what those changes were, but he said – Surprise. Well, he said there was a couple of them and, with the bike that he felt really made a big difference. Well, there was an interview talking about how they made some part. They did something yeah. that wasn't suspension-related that changed everything, so who knows. I know what, he changed he – I think he went to stock triple clamps – Oh God! But and to to get it loosened up a little <laughs> the bit. The look that my dad just gave me. <laughs> oh, I mean, hey. what? Who was it? Like Roxon? Ah, with the stock triple right. clamps. I well, mean, I guess it loosens the bike up, and and again, it may not make really make that much difference, but in his mind, it did. Yeah, it's all that matters. It's all that matters. I don't get it. And I, I'm a Tomac fan. You know, he's not my favorite rider, but I'm definitely a fan. So I hope that he can come up and run with uh Dungey weekly now and i would love to see jason anderson and seeley and muskin all those guys let's let's have a battle for the championship right i don't know jason what 10th this weekend and i believe he started 11th he didn't really move up i don't know what his issues were finished 10th started 11th i i mean i don't see you can't have weekends like that when no, you have no Dungey. You, you just can't i I don't see Eli going to be able to make up the points he needs to make where he's 20 points down right now. I mean, Dungey's going to try to win. Dungey's going to get some wins. He's going to, But he's going to continue to be in the top. Yeah, You're I mean, right. It's going to be a podium in that. Yeah. I mean, you can't etch that away, but you can't etch that away with a guy who could win regularly, you know. Like, talking about the 250 stuff, I think there's a chance that Hill could – you know, etch away McElrath's um, points lead. Points lead, but sure. McGill, he's going to have to make a mistake, and he hasn't done that either. Um, you know, so KTM's got two solid guys leading the points right now. We could see a KTM sweep 
for the year. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly possible. I, I just want to see him battle. You know, and even if let's even if Dungey runs away with the championship, stays top three every week, uh, at least race to race, let's have some battles. Forget about the championship as a fan. I want to see racing every week. I don't want to see, even like this last weekend, they barely showed Tomac on TV because who he was just gone. That's not fun. Uh, that was actually I was gonna I was waiting for you to get done because I was gonna give a little bit of props to the TV this year this week because they stayed on the actual racing the instead action, of just yeah. following Tomac around yep. who was however many seconds he was ahead. I think at the end he like was 18? like yeah, 18. eighteen, yeah, eighteen, somewhere in that somewhere in that neighborhood. Jeez. It may have dropped off and he kind of backed it down. He said he backed it down when he saw the pit boards. He said he didn't look at the pit board the, the first. I think he said 15 minutes or something like that. I can't remember exactly what he said. He looked up and saw he was 16 seconds ahead. And he knew he could back it down a little bit, you know, yeah. and he was, he had it, but yeah, that's, I want to see some battles. That's why we love watching this. We want to see the guys banging bars and I want to see some battles. Let's bring it. Well, let's, let's, I want to see Baggett get up there. You know, you're, I'm a big Baggett fan too. So since the other two yahoos aren't here tonight, we can talk about Baggett and they won't. Well, what did you just say? They won't whine. They yeah. won't, yeah. Blake's yeah. a bad dude. He, he's going to – I don't know that he'll win a 450 main ever, but I sure would like to see him get on the podium. I think we'll see him on the podium, not just at Daytona. I think the yeah. way he's riding, the way he's starting to gel with that bike. And I tell you, somebody else who I would not be surprised to see on the podium within the next few weeks is Millsaps. Yeah, I, yeah, I did, he's doing well. I did not give him the credit that – do with the first of the year i thought ah oh, you know mid-pack guy he it's not just yeah, he won the heat race or whatever he's riding but he looks good on the bike and he looks aggressive you know what i mean he gets it like he feels like he needs to be there he's not he's never been one to get out of the way but you know what i'm trying to say he's yeah, not yeah. getting out of people's way so yeah um and cooper cooper did okay this week you know um who else we got on here Let's see. No K Rock, obviously. That's you know I'm bummed that Pike went down because I like Pike a lot and it, I think he brings a lot to the sport. And then Mookie qualifying third, throwing down some some Stewart speed, you know. Yeah, I think he just didn't have the fitness right now. Yeah, I mean he's a little heavy right now. We're <clears throat> coming off the couch pretty much. Right. We're yep. gonna have we're gonna have a great year of racing, and um, I mean really and truly the the two fifty class. Except for the battle that was up front, watching Hill, you know what I mean, like work his way through, and then seeing where McElrath was going to finish, you know, leading eleven laps out of the race, and then at the very last, uh, what's it called? What two laps? I think Hill only led two laps. Yeah, that that was a good race, but Hill's coming on fast though. You know, if those two guys keep getting their starts. It, it's going to be a good battle throughout the rest of the series. You know, and it sure would be nice if Plessinger would learn how to get some starts because i'd like to see him up there i think he's at least every bit as fast as those guys yeah well he started ninth yeah which is almost impossible to in this day and age to come from that far back and win it just you don't see that anymore well i mean last year we saw it but he was but webb was on another level compared to everybody else where this this class and this coast i guess we'll say is really packed so I think it's going to come down to those two guys. I'm pretty sure we're going to continue to see Fortner up there on the podium or close. He's getting better. I, I have a hard time believing we're going to get a win out of him. Yeah, I kind of, I'm with you on that. He's sketchy. 
Yeah. Nobody seems to agree with me, but I'm watching the race, and that dude is, I mean, obviously. Moment, he has his moments where he's, yeah, he's. I mean, he's doing great. He could not ask for a better rookie season. Yeah. but It looks like he's trying too hard, though. Not trying to gel with the bike. He's trying to push the bike past where he should be pushing it. Not smooth. Not Maybe smooth, that's yeah. why I'm thinking he's sketchy. That's a good call. I hadn't yeah. thought about that, Doc. You know, so, real quick, I want to go back to the 450s because I just thought of this. Like The coolest thing in the whole night for me was, and I can't believe I'm saying this because we all know I'm not a Chad Reed fan, when he was coming up on Dungy, they were going through a rhythm section. Dungy was in the center of the track. Reed was all the way to the left. Dungy started coming over to the left to block him, and Chad jumped out of a rut from the left-hand side of the track. Did the triple, jumped all the way to the right hand <laughs> side of the track. Yeah. Just in the blink of an eye, decided to switch lanes. And that was so badass. Just racecraft. Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, just like he, you know, it was just awesome. If you guys didn't see that, go back and watch because that was an awesome move in that main event. Well, I think he said in the press conference after the race, I mean, he is. Some athletes, they don't hit their prime until they're in their, you know, around his age in their 30s. And that's where he's at. And yeah. unfortunately, our sport is a young man's sport because of the physical toll it takes on your body. and But his racecraft his, is is Smart. so, so good. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Well. You know, and unfortunately, I hate that J-Mark got hurt. That Why? He wasn't anywhere close. But I like the guy, man. Oh, and no, I just, no, no. I yes. want him to do well. I certainly would like to see him get a star and win a main event before the season's over. And, and he may still, but he's almost surely out this weekend. Well, if Hill continues the speed he has now and can transfer that to the outdoors, you got Plessinger, who is really fast. You can't take away, you can't look at the paper and see his fourth. You have to look at his whole race, starting ninth, coming through the pack Lap in a times. shorter race. His super fast, um, excuse me, I yawned there. That's right. Uh, Shane, Shane is is going to be coming into the outdoors, whether he wins or loses this. He's going to be super confident. And then obviously all of our our East Coast guys, I I don't know if he could. Is he going to be leaps and bounds in front of everybody for the for the outdoor title? I think they were crazy to put him on this coast where he's always rode the East Coast. Yeah. He likes the rutted stuff. He's that kind of rider. I, I just think it was a mistake. It may have been. I, I mean, it may have been. Outdoors is going to be awesome this year. There's so many good 250 riders. I guess there always is, and we say that every year. But I'm excited. I'm already getting excited for outdoors. Is um yeah, isn't that sad? <laughs> <laughs> is isn't Nicoletti? Is he going to be on the 250 for for? Is he on a 450? No, for he's outdoors? on a 450 outdoors. Oh, yeah. I'd love to see him on a 250 outdoors. Yeah. Oh, that's so okay. So you heard about his his helmet deal, right? I don't think so. What are we talking about so Monster is now sponsoring the NASCAR. Yes. People kept talking about cuts. There's going to be, you know, cuts in budget because of all the money they're spending on that. And the only cut that's happened, Phil Nicoletti no longer has a monster helmet deal. <laughs> that's horrible. Bad news, Phil. Oh, it's the greatest thing I've ever heard. Uh, why does everybody like his suffering so much? Because just his reactions and the fact that he goes off on people. Uh, Bad news, Phil Instagram page is is fantastic. It's seriously I haven't followed it yet. You've got to follow it. It's good stuff. It. It's funny. It's, and and then what's yeah. funny is the guy, whoever does it, like Phil will respond to it yes. and play along. Yeah, yeah. It's and, good stuff. And his team is sending some of the photos and different stuff <laughs> okay. to, 
to it's it's great it's great yeah i uh, love it i love it great personality in yeah. the sport and that's one cool thing about our sport is guys like him i mean really and truly if it wasn't for that right there or the pulp show giving him the love they have who would know about phil and You're the, right, man. the smallness of our sport yeah. i mean we're talking about in the 250 class we know stuff about Let's see. Like, well, Chase Marquier, we got to watch him locally race here at the. Um, um, wasn't uh, he at the Pro Challenge? Pro Challenge? Yeah, yes. I think so. He was there super fast. But you have guys like that. You know, you know the stories of some of these guys that are in the night races and, and the smallness of our sport. Even though it does, in, you know, inhibit us from being a big sport. It's so nice to know these guys that are. I would, man, I would say horrible. Not back markers, but. You know what not, I mean? Not the elite. Yeah, the mid pack guys. Because definitely not Matt back markers. Right. Knowing their stories, that's just an amazing thing. Yeah, for sure. You know, and I'm still waiting on my boy Chiz to come on, and I just think he's going to be a top ten guy. I think that's where he where he is. Well, he started twentieth. His starts are are bad. Yeah. Twenty first, he was down. I think didn't he go down right off the start? If he did, I didn't see that. But I, I think he did. Twenty first, okay. he was. Well, that's probably yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, the only person behind him was uh, Gardner. Gotcha. And I don't even know who this three-digit guy is. Carlin Gardner started out in 22nd. So I I think a lot of people had high hopes for Chiz going to the 250. And, I, I mean, is that team, is he is he making more money doing that? Yeah, I think so. That's why he did it, yeah. Is he, he, okay. he, he would, took a, a paying job instead of doing it out of his own pocket, basically. He was I, looking at having to do it himself again. Right. So yeah, so he you know he had a chance to go down and get paid. That's that's why he did it. Just like two years ago when he was a privateer doing it out of his own pocket out of a motorhome, he asked to be to bump to get bumped down because he had a opportunity to take a paid ride and AMA said they wouldn't no. let him. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. So I yeah, mean, he's he's making money and it's you know he's not having to pay for it himself and that's better for him obviously. Right. I think he still would have been a main event guy in the four fifty. Yeah, I think so yeah. for sure. But he wouldn't Man have had a right. Hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. Top so. ten. I don't know. Yeah, probably not top ten. Unfortunately, I think last year he was fourteenth, fifteenth usually, and that's probably still where he is. And that's your guy. That's my guy. That's your guy. But that's okay. <laughs> he's a good dude, man. I like him, and he he's the first uh, pro jersey I ever got. So yeah. Well, we had a um, pretty great show. Yeah, I think so, man. I mean, all things considered, right? Especially with them two, Mason. Definitely like uh, having Aaron and Shand on some of my. My BSM guys. That's right. Yeah, they're pretty cool to have on. Yeah, definitely. And and don't forget, guys, if you need an upgrade on your drivetrain, go to PMP Sprockets. They've got tons of colors for all makes and models. And they've got stuff for the street and dirt. So that means you can have cool sprockets on your street bike. You know, call at them. they got the anodized colors. I mean, some of the colors they have, like especially with the machining behind the anodizing, it's just amazing looking. Killer so stuff. stop by there at pmpsprockets.com and Facebook at forward slash pmpsprockets or just call. Talk to Kim. We talk about her all the time. Those are people of the company that are going to answer your phone. You get to talk to the people who actually care about their product, not just some, you know, shipped from China stuff. These are the people who you want to talk to at nine, excuse me, 972-429-6200 and tell them Moto Xpod sent you. That, that little stuff there helps us out lets them know that we are doing our job and promoting them so definitely should definitely holler at them and tonight talk to the man 
the myth, the legend, Shan Garcia from Shock Socks. The coach. That's his nickname. The coach. The coach. The coach. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> There's stickers made that say the coach. He's the coach. So he's, can't he's change it now. I can't change it now. Nope. All right. With the original 10-second removable fork seal protector, Shock Socks keeps grit and grime out of your fork seals. Who needs the headache of changing seals? Go to shocksocks.com. Facebook forward slash, forward slash shock socks to pick up your colors. Also available for street bikes. Like I said, that would that's pretty cool looking. Yeah. I've seen them on the Harleys and stuff like that. They so. look good. Check out the Instagram page. Lots of cool pictures. They they and do. Texas Berm. You check out Texas Berm on Instagram. Yeah, I, dude, that dude is an amazing photographer. I mean, getting to shoot stuff for him, I thought was amazing because yeah. the stuff he does and and actually, I kind of in the, the moto world kind of got my break of doing announcing because of, of him hanging out with him in the announcer's booth, seeing how he does it. And he knows everybody at the track mm -hmm. and very I'm, knowledgeable. I'm starting to get to learn these riders, get to know them on a personal basis. And that makes uh, the world, a world of difference. So yeah, he is, um, he is definitely the man when it comes to that. So Agreed. we agreed. We appreciate doc set over there quietly during the whole show tonight. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you said two words. Did one you even? Two. One or two. One yeah, or two. One two. He, he said a couple. Well, he's just like excited because he thinks he's going to get to ride this weekend. I just keep taunting <laughs> him with that. I'm going to use that to try to get some chores done. Heck yeah. Hey, if I get to hey. ride. I, 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 and I want to say, no, you cannot be part of the Black Sox Mafia, even if you wear black socks. You're not cool enough. Oh. I, I'm gone. I'm yeah, he's out. He's out. <laughs> hey, we are too. We thank you for tuning in. Just tune in each and every week. Go to Moto X Pod on Facebook, like our page. And if you can give us a like and a review on iTunes, Stitchers, wherever you hear this, it does help us get moved up in the ranks. And that helps more people hear about these great products that we're trying to promote for our sponsors. Thank you so much and good night.